There's a dampness in the air. You find yourself sitting in a dark corner of a sticky bar. The buzz from the jungle outside is the only thing drowning out the chatter of the tourists fresh off their guided tours. A man approaches you with an air of confidence. He seems almost timeless. Welcome to my establishment. Can I interest you in my adventurer's club? This week on Slice of Disney, Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney goer and real-life Tequila Sunrise. Hoo-hoo, is that your beverage of choice, sir? No, it's not, but I was like, you know, <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a tiki bar, sometimes you need something that's a little... Like citrusy. I, I thought about being a bottle of grenadine because they're because that's red, and I was like, oh, red hair. But yeah. I thought I'd go a little bit more um, delicious sounding. So today we're talking about Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar. Okay, this is like it's technically a restaurant slash bar, but honestly, it's kind of an attraction. Yeah, um, I do think that. I, I think the reason you go to Trader Sam's um, is less because of the restaurant slash bar portion of it and more because of the attraction. And um, I mean, yeah, the rest of it is great. Sure, if you need food or something, that's not a bad place to go. But the reason that it is what it is is because of like the extra stuff uh, that we'll detail here in this podcast. Yeah, I I did. Um, I wrote this down. The reason I like talking about Trader Sam's so much is not because of the bar. Um or the drinks, that's not, you know, usually with the bar, the drinks are the most important part. And in this case, no, it is the experience. So we are going to detail this establishment as if it were an attraction. And I guess it also makes sense because we're releasing this around St. Patrick's Day, which is a drinking holiday. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it works out. It works you know. out. We will Topical go. Topical release. Yeah. <laughs> Um, today will be this attraction part, and I'm going to stop you because I know I have some uh, fun listeners that are huge into the tiki culture, and we definitely want to have people come on and talk about the, you know, more of the details of the drinks and the experience of going there. Um, hoping to get some more details on the background of it and of tiki culture, but today we're going to discuss the establishment itself. Yeah, and the like storyline behind it, which is a pretty wild one, and um, almost like I think last week we had uh, a lot of interesting stories that went into Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, this one is even more in depth than what I ex- what what those were. So like, oh boy, yeah, yeah. buckle in, guys, because there's a lot to a lot to go through. Grab your tropical cocktail and listen up. So for those who listening who don't know what Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar is, it is a tiki bar located at the Disneyland Hotel at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. It opened in May 2011. It is considered one of the top five tiki bars in Los Angeles. It's in its own building, so it's not attached to any of the hotel parts. It's kind of like it's standalone next to the pool. They ended up making one just for Florida that is in the Polynesian Resort called Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. So 
that's super fun too. You can go and hang out with your friends or family and uh, still get the Disney experience while being outside of the parks. Yeah, we haven't done a lot that's, I don't think we've done anything yet that's been like downtown Disney kind of specific or, or outside of the park Ooh. specific, but still part of the themes. Well, and, I'm excited. Um, this is our first. Yeah. And this is a, I think this is a good example of like, uh, it's a, it's a kind of a satellite attraction um, where you don't have to have a ticket, but you can go experience it. So if you're ever in the neighborhood and you want to get a little taste, um, you can get, you know, no, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> you, you can, you can go down to Trader Sam's. Um, but before we get all the way into this attraction, you have some news. You're 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 doing it. You're you're doing the thing we all thought and we all knew that you would end up doing. I <laughs> I am um I'm excited and nervous, but I'm getting to go to Walt Disney World very soon. Ooh, I'm so excited. Um I I'm in Georgia. I'm very eager to get back to LA as well, but I was able to qualify to get my shot. So very excited. I will be able to be vaccinated and go down. I'm really excited to share my experience with all of you. I'm going to make sure um, I'm going to make sure to do some live videos and get a lot of good content while I'm down there and then report back. I know that this isn't as much of a news, a Disney theme park news podcast, but it's still fun to sneak some of that in there. Yeah. What's the first thing you're going to do? Well, I'm actually going to Magic Kingdom my first day because you had to like book it all in advance. You have to like pick which place you're going. So I'm going to Magic Kingdom. So you better believe my first stop is Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I thought that might be it, but I also thought you might be too nervous to go on it that early. So I was like, oh, you got to ease yourself back in with something like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or something. They don't have that at Disney World, Will. Ah, Remember, ooh. there was a whole thing about it. People protested, you know. I, I forget these podcasts like <laughs> 10 minutes after I post them. Boo. I, I, you're probably right. I'm probably just going to like walk around and take it in. It's been a while since I've been there because... Um, we took a year off in 2019 cause we we're going to do, do this big 2020 trip. The family was going to be great. Yeah. You know, you know what happened. You know, the rest of that story. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting. I'm excited for you. Me too. And I'm hoping I'll be able to visit Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Yeah. That'd be great. If you can, uh, let us know. I will. And I'll tell you all about it, but let me tell you first how it all started. I'm going to go ahead and take us back, as we always do, to a time before the actual attraction itself. Were you dancing or were you telling me to miss? I was, I was going backwards. Oh, so doo-doo. Reversing. I don't know why this noise is doo-doo, but it is. Um, so we're going to go back uh, to the 50s, um, or I guess even earlier. We're going to go back real early, because even though Walt wasn't around when this attraction um, came to life, this idea came from Walt's original idea of his City of the Future, Epcot. I love that. It was like going to be out on the little corner. We're going to go back to why Walt was inspired to have a tiki bar in his City of the Future. So during the Prohibition, drinking became, of course, illegal. Um, And it became this really hush-hush secret activity where it would be in these secret rooms and speakeasies and it would be this smuggled down like homemade alcohol and, you know, I don't know. I wasn't alive, but it probably was gross. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the the focus I don't think was as much on getting uh, well crafted alcohol as it was um, just getting alcohol, uh, and so that yeah, I don't I don't think taste was the number one thing that people were looking for no. at the time. And the experience of the bars themselves, you know, I'm sure as the movies painted, some of them were really luxurious and beautiful, but a lot of them were just like, how can we sneak somewhere and get drunk? Yeah, and. <laughs> Because this alcohol was real gross, mixed drinks and cocktails were created. And it's not because it was like these, you know, amazing cocktail artists and these mixologists that were just making these beautiful drinks behind the bar. It was totally to hide that bootleg booze. Yeah, and that is um, actually, I'm going to tell you the story of one cocktail that I know, which is, uh, I don't know very many. Um, This is called Calamoco. It is a cocktail uh, out of Spain that is half red wine, half Coca-Cola. Wait, what? And uh, and ice. And the reason that this developed was uh, because like 15 and 16 year olds in Spain could get access to really cheap wine that wasn't very good. And they wanted to cut it with something to make it more drinkable. And so very similar to the way that cocktails started started in, in, in Prohibition era, they cut it with Coca-Cola and created this thing called Calamoco. And the reason I know this is because of one television show called Survivor. Ah! <laughs> I was like, how do you know this? I've never heard of that. Wow. That's um, wild. I have tried it, and I will tell you, it is not very good. <laughs> it doesn't sound very appealing. Um, as it seems like this bootlegged bootlegged booze, I like just saying that, bootlegged booze, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that also sounds really gross. So in order to mask the taste of it, they came up with all these cocktails. So cut to the end of the prohibition. Obviously, people were very excited. Bars are flourishing. But it's not necessarily like they're these fancy cool bars people are going out to. It's more like a let's go up outside the shipyard and get a beer and get some drinks and enjoy ourselves. But this idea of a, like a night out at a fancy bar was still a thing of the future. Gotcha. That makes sense. Like, I mean, you know, uh, just because it is, you know, I, I might have assumed that, you know, once it became legal, they'd be like, oh, cool. Well, now we have these cocktails. And so now this is what we're going to move forward with. And it was like, no, the focus still here is on the alcohol. Cocktails are an interesting thing. Put it in our pocket like Disney often does. And we'll return to it <laughs> down the line. Um, right now, people are like, just give me that shot. And, uh, and I'm ready to go. Well, kind of in the Disney way. At this point, though, like, I think just the excitement of having it, kind of how we'll be after the pandemic of, like, we can do something. Um, People were craving to do even more. And the idea of this, like, relaxing lifestyle, this escapism, which I feel like is Disneyland, you know? Like, you go to Disneyland, there's screaming children everywhere, but somehow it's still the most, you know, the happiest place on earth. And, (laughs) And this also, for me just reminded me of like Jimmy Buffett, this idea of like wanting to escape. I I don't know if it's- Uh, Is that because he has a song titled Escape? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why. I actually don't think that's him. I don't think that's him. I think it's like just thinking of like Margaritaville and all of that. But at this point, people are wanting to get a little more creative with uh, their experience of going out. And though at this point, people were not able to travel the world like we are now, they wanted to feel like they were. And that also, I think, ties in really well with Walt's idea of Epcot, right? 
I think this is this is how he's like developing sort of that that idea, like how can we bring the world from around different areas to to people? Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. I I hadn't even thought of that yet. Yeah, I listen. <laughs> I occasionally. <sometimes>. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now in 1933, the Tiki movement began with this guy named Ernest Raymond Beaumont Gant. I don't know why I'm saying it that way, but it felt like the right way to say it. Anytime you see the word Beaumont, it, it, it's it. going to make you feel like you have to say it in a certain way. I get it. Ernest was a young, unemployed, former Prohibition-era bootlegger, and he had just gotten back from some travels in the South Pacific, and he couldn't get this idea of the palm trees and the women and the exotic carvings out of his head. I like that one of them was the women. <laughs> sure. So he decided to open up a bar called Don the Beachcomber, and it was a small bar located in an old tailor shop in Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> I like that because when I because when you said that, I thought Beachcomber, uh, kind of exotic drinks, maybe. I bet this is a bar on a beach. Um, it's like no, it, it's in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. Hollywood, not not. I mean, I guess at the time, probably a little bit more glamorous than it is now, um, but not the place I'd be like. Oh, nice, relaxing, tropical. It's like, no, that's just where um, it's kind of hot and there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a tourists. lot of people. Um, he kind of changed his, he later adopted the name Don Beach, D-O-N-N, Beach. He was so into this. Um, not only is it going to be this, you know, tropical bar that was inspired by his South Pacific trip, Um it pretty it didn't have a lot to do with the South Pacific. So the drinks were based on a Caribbean liquor, rum, and that was because it was the cheapest. He sampled a ton of things and decided this mixes really well with things and it's really cheap. So that was why all these tiki drinks are made with rum. Um he's also known for creating the Mai Tai. Yeah, I'll say as someone that uh, partakes in some of those things sometimes, um more often than not, when I'm having a, uh, a drink that is a tiki type of drink, um, I don't really taste the alcohol that much because the other flavors are so prominent. Um, it's so sweet. There's so many, so many other things in there. So it kind of makes sense that you can then mask uh, cheaper liquor in there um, because it's like, well, you know, you have seven ounces of other fruit juices right. <laughs> and here's a little bit of rum. Right. He's sticking to that like old Prohibition era uh, thought process, I suppose. And... Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he started this bar. Uh, so World War II ended and the veterans returned home from the Pacific. And instead of focusing on all the trauma and terrible things that they saw and experienced, they were wanting to look back at the experience and focus more on the landscapes and the cultures they had encountered. And And I'm sure they came back and they're, you know, telling their friends or family about the places they saw and you know they're probably not wanting to tell them about the things that were terrible so that's part of it who you know we're gonna focus on the positive there anyways so after the war as well um there was an economic boom that allowed greater access to travel a big part of that being from california to hawaii because Hawaii's admission to the United States was in 1959 and it raised a lot of interest in wanting to travel to this new state like Wow, it's far away. It looks beautiful. It's now part of the United States. Let's go check it out. And 
because the the economic boom that really strengthened the middle class, it allowed people, not just the Hollywood elite, because that's all that was really going to this tiki bar at the time. So now it's allowing more of a middle class to experience and take advantage of this new travel. And on a smaller scale, though, those people who weren't able to travel were craving those experiences, were wanting to do something that allowed them to escape and feel like they were getting out. And they were able to do things like go to a tiki bar. So yeah, basically what we're saying here is that um, a, a bunch of different factors here have combined to create a market that maybe didn't exist before, right? Like this exposure to uh, to new ways to consume alcohol, um, this interest in people having you know experiences that aren't the normal thing that they would typically see, as well as more money and people that specifically want to capture that sort of island feel and island life. Um, so now there's demand for it. There's supply. Uh, it's not shocking, shocking that this is all going to culminate in the uh, kind of establishment of some tiki culture bar type stuff. Yeah, and tiki is not based on one culture or another. It's kind of its own made up thing. It was yeah. just kind of, I feel like this tropical escape experience is how I think you can kind of sum it up. Cool. We have tiki bars now. Uh, but how does one end up at Disneyland? Well, that's a... Gr- <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you asked, Will. Uh, Thank you. You're <laughs> <so> welcome. <laughs> I, I wanted to show you how big Tiki had gotten because there actually at one point was its own amusement park entirely dedicated to Tiki. What? Yeah. So uh, in the third, in the mid-30s, and it ended up closing in the 70s, but it was a, a theme park in Florida that was literally just Tiki stuff. I'd get an annual pass. Uh, yeah, of course you would. I don't know what kind of rides they had or attractions or what they did besides drink. I would mostly just be getting it to annoy you. <laughs> like I didn't, I, I can't, I can't afford both. And I did the one that I thought seemed more fun. Boo. Well, this, all of this to say the Tiki thing then inspired Walt. Of course it did. And he got, you know, excited. And at the same time, he had his animatronic birds. The Tiki room was around this was the other side of the tiki culture where it's like an attraction with animatronics a room that's interacting with you but it is a show um well one day we're gonna get to that attraction but um so that does happen he also then wants to put a tiki bar in his epcot city of the future and it was a little a-frame tiki bar on the outskirts of the residential green belt none of this ends up happening okay uh, <laughs> the uh, the city of the future doesn't happen his little bar at the end doesn't happen the tiki room did happen as you know uh, <laughs> i uh, that's uh, that attraction is so funny to me because so many people have like horror stories they're like i hate that attraction it gave me nightmares uh <laughs> which which attraction are we talking about the tiki room is that that's not what we're talking about today no, that's an attraction. I did not know they were two different things. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. I was very confused. Um, oh. Which, if you're a listener out there, you might be confused too. Oh my god, that's... Um, or maybe it's just me. <laughs> okay. Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room is an attraction in Adventureland where the birds sing to you. Um, there are a bunch of animatronic birds, and then there are these like 
totem pole guys that kind of like also sing at you and random plants that sing at you and you sit there and you're like whoa and you can get your your pineapple dole whip and stuff and okay outside this is just a bar restaurant that is outside the park they are totally separate but that this does have some attraction type things to it which we will get to later but i did not i did not know that tiki room and tiki bar were two different types of things that's um, so let's work funny. on our naming conventions disney come on <laughs> this isn't on me this is on you oh my god i can't believe that just happened um <laughs> uh, yes it does interact with you but it is still a restaurant um so a little further down the disneyland hotel um which has a lot of history itself. It was going through a lot of changes, remodeling, and it it wanted to almost be an homage to its own history. So <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, the hotel itself, you kind of go, and it has a very 50s, 60s feel to it. It even has, at the pool, it has like this large monorail and a big classic Disneyland sign. Uh, the very, you know, like the blocks. The marquee? Aha! What a great word you used. The marquee. Uh, so at this time, they're kind of like trying to come up with a new bar and restaurant. Um, we're, we've, we've jumped way into the future. So like we're in the 2000s now. <laughs> and they're trying to come up with a new bar restaurant to add to the Disneyland Hotel. Because across the street, they have the Grand Californian, which has a restaurant bar. And so they wanted to kind of rival it. So that they had, you know, two things that people could go to and not feel like they're missing out. And so in thinking about what kind of bar would be appropriate here to kind of fit this uh, homage to the past and some of those ideas, what a better thing to do than add a tiki room. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of works, right? Because it's in California. It California has its own tiki history, obviously. And mm-hmm. all right, all right. And this that makes was more sense. this was the most popular style bar during that time, apparently in the fifties. So okay, yeah, I buy that. Ha, there you go. Got you there. Um, <laughs> and it also helped because this would be a standalone bar. They'd be able to take advantage of kind of setting it up in the area that they could put trees around it and kind of give it its own atmosphere within the hotel. Right. And I mean, you know, like so many other things with, uh, with Disney and designs and things like that, it's like, let's create something that feels immersive. And that's what they were going for, I think with this. And, and, and you do feel that when you go to it, that it is intended to make you feel like you've stepped um, out of the hotel and into a tropical resort of some sort. It really feels like it belongs in Adventureland. Where the Enchanted Tiki Room is. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> and now, how did we get to Trader Sam? As they're, like, creating this idea of doing a tiki bar, there were so many places they could go. The lead set decorator and former Jungle Cruise cast member was put to work on this project and he, he basically begged. He's like, no, I know for a fact I can give you the best story, the best theming. I got you. And this guy's name was Brandon Clea. And he had convinced the entire team to go with this direction that was going to benefit the quirkiness and craziness of Tiki Room and Jungle Cruise. So he was like, hey, what if we have this idea where the Adventurers Club 
meets Jungle Cruise meets Tiki Room. What's the Adventurers Club, you may ask? I was wondering. I thought you were. So just so you know, the Adventurers Club is way before my time. Uh, (laughs) And back in the day when there was... um, Back in the day when there was Downtown Disney in Florida, they had an area called Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island, uh, as seen first in Pinocchio. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the Pleasure Island comes from. And there were a bunch of like themed bars and restaurants. Um, a very, but it was like a very like twenty one plus crowd or eighteen plus. I don't know. So, um, so the Adventures Club was this themed nightclub within Pleasure Island. It was supposed to be a private club for world travelers and explorers that was set in 1937. And the entire thing was kind of an immersive experience like what we're talking about with the Enchanted Tiki Room, where it had animatronics and puppets. And there was a cast of people who were these adventurers that would come and do improv with the different uh, patrons. And I think it's funny because they would like... They would have some people that were, like, these adventurers that were, like, recognizable, like, characters that are a part of this club, this adventurers club, and then just some, like, actors acting with people. Um, I was reading some of the reviews of this place, and people were like, I hated this because, like, it was forced fun, and all these regulars would just get too drunk. The regulars being, like, the, the actors? No, I think they meant, like, guests that just win a lot. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Well, that that's fine. It uh, it doesn't exist anymore, right? No, it does not exist anymore. Pleasure Island doesn't exist anymore. That's but it made bad. me laugh reading this guy's review because he just seemed like he was really bitter about all of the Disney experience. And I'm like, then why do you go so much? Yeah, as someone that uh, likes to look at the Yelp reviews, it is it is often fun to see the people that are like, there. You just didn't want to be happy. That's okay. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like, but it seemed um, the environment, the pictures were really cool. Uh, Looking at what this, it looked huge, like this really big bar restaurant was like. So that was part of the inspiration for the Tiki Room. Great. So with all those things combined, they decided they were going to go and name the restaurant after the infamous jungle salesman, Trader Sam's. Where have you seen Trader Sam, you might ask? I was going to ask, but I'm glad uh, that you just went ahead and asked yourself. I think that's I... even better. <laughs> so the the character of Trader Sam is a cannibal salesman. Who... Yeah, that is a weird <laughs> one uh, to me. So I think the deeper we get into this, I'm like, yo, Disney's got like a really dark side. Yeah, no, they do. And this is, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I kind of excuse it on this one because it's like, well, it, they're making a bar a restaurant for adults. So you can afford to be a little bit darker. But like when I saw Trader Sam is a cannibal salesman. <laughs> cannibal <laughs> with well, a C. And all the all of the ideas you had to like that you could have made this tiki bar about. The one you went with is about the cannibal salesman who is really iconic because he's at the very end of the Jungle Cruise, and he's selling heads. Um, and he has, like, these shrunken heads, and it's, like, offering you two for one, and one of them could be yours. Ooh. Yeah, two for one, and the one that he's looking for is yours. 
Um, and Trader Sam has a really, 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 really rich history. So Trader Sam is a South American man who apparently came from a whole family of shrunken head salesmen and cannibals. <laughs> I can't yeah. even, I can't say that without laughing. So I'm like, oh my God, who decided this? It's, it's very bizarre. Uh, his grandfather was a man named Bill Amanga Wanga, a.k.a. Trader Bill, uh, and he kind of started this family business. Trader Sam is seem he seems to be immortal because he goes through many centuries and meets lots and lots and lots of adventures and explorers along the way. He kept collecting different artifacts and trinkets and all kinds of things to you know letters to fill his bar with. Yeah, that's one of the things that I thought was cool about this is that uh, Trader Sam is establishes this presence that has uh, met like all the live action kind of Disney people that might fit in to make make sense here. So like a Captain Jack Sparrow, um, a, a Swiss Family Robinson, those types. He is he is uh, throughout time they're connecting him to different things, and that's why you say that he is possibly immortal, right? Yes. He goes timeless. Through, he is a timeless cannibal. Great. That's a horror film for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in this case, he's not. Uh, he's just meeting these people. I can tell you the names of these different explorers and adventurers. So you can look out for their artifacts when you go because the walls are filled with stuff to look at and see. And it's very fun. Yeah. It's basically a TGI Fridays. Whoa. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> With all the stuff on the walls, you know. Oh, everyone's favorite attraction. TGI Fridays. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back in the 18th century, during the golden age of piracy, uh, Trader Sam was the proprietor of this bar that Captain Jack Sparrow and his mom would go hang out with. So that's why you are going to see a photograph with him and Jack hanging out. And apparently they were close enough friends that for unknown reasons, the pirate left the shrunken head of his mother. Um, despite what it may sound like sometimes, we're, we're, we're pretty good friends, Kelly. Um, please don't <laughs> leave me any shrunken heads ever. Oh, yeah, also same. Please don't leave me and let someone shrink my head. Yeah, no, I, I, I won't. Don't uh, worry about it. Okay, uh, great. Weird, weird sign of friendship there, Jack and Sam. Yeah, it's also his mom. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So you can see his mom's head. Um, <laughs> he also was able to meet the pirate Blackbeard, and he had quite an attraction to his daughter, Angelica. So at some point uh, in 1729, Sam obtained a musical locket, which uh, was one of the two identical lockets uh, that belonged to Davy Jones and Calypso. More, more pirates of the Caribbean lore. Uh, yes. Sam would then come to possess a miniature ship in a bottle depicting the Wicked Wench, the pirate ship uh, that belonged to Captain Barbosa. And so that's the ship. You see a ship in a bottle. And when you order a certain drink, I'll tell you which one. Uh, when we get there, it will make the ship, it'll be shipwreck, and then the ship will go down and sink. I wonder why they picked uh, Wicked Wench and not uh, the Black Pearl. That's a great question. Yeah, got some notes. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to have somebody come on later who can 
go into some of these details a little more of why things are. And I, because I don't think it was always that ship. I think it actually was originally a ship that was inspired by one of the designs made for Haunted Mansion. Gotcha. Yes. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, at some point during his adventures, he meets the Swiss family Robinson, which there's going to be some artifacts from that. I am not sure what they are, but somewhere they're represented. And I know that they are a part of this, you know, everyone being connected in this adventure world, which that's, I think, the whole point is kind of to make this Disney universe of explorers and adventurers and these kind of stories all connect. So I feel like that's why Trader Sammy's just like the character to bring them all together. Um, so Sam then comes to befriend Ned Land, a Canadian sailor and harpooner. It seems that they would have met sometime around when the, the Nautilus was mistaken for a sea monster and attacked. So Ned Land would be part of that crew that was on the Nautilus. And the Nautilus is from 20,000 leagues under the sea. And you can see in a display case the San Francisco Evening Bulletin with a newspaper that's going to describe this moment of misidentifying the Nautilus submarine and pew pew, but actually they thought it was a monster. It was not. There is also going to be a copy of Jewel Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, there's also going to be a photograph of Ned Land uh, along with his harpoon and a note from the sailor saying, whale of a tail. So basically, Trader Sam is Forrest Gump. Kind of seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, he then continues his travels because at this point, uh, Trader Sam became a really good scuba diver. And I guess he's like scuba diving through the ocean. And then he comes to find a familiar uh, Professor Porter and his daughter Jane as they are studying gorillas in the wild of Congo. You may know them from Tarzan. Yeah, Tarzan and Jane. So in the bar, you can find a framed photo of Professor Porter and his daughter Jane as they search for gorillas. And, and search for gorillas, but find so much more. So much more like love. Now, this is where uh, fiction meets reality. So Trader Sam becomes affiliated with the American president, Theodore Roosevelt, during uh, Roosevelt's travels in South Africa, which would have been in, like the 1910s when Roosevelt journeyed his time in the Amazon in real life. Roosevelt was a big regular at, uh, at Sam's bar. Can we take a second? Uh, I feel like the uh, association between Trader Sam's and Teddy Roosevelt... Um, could be very difficult for 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 Teddy Roosevelt to actually become president. Uh, he's it, running around with a cannibal, right? I, this is, I was like, okay, we're getting a little complicated here. <laughs> also, this could have gone very wrong. Trader Sam is a cannibal. That means he eats people. But Teddy he, Roosevelt is a person, so uh, technically, I'm just saying. Apparently, he didn't eat any of these people. I guess. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, 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 thank goodness for us. But think about the potential of the people that maybe he did. I guess. I yeah. During this time, they became real good friends, though. And Sam um, was also aware, though, that Roosevelt was um, a member of this adventure club, which is a splinter faction of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which we mentioned on the last week's episode of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It uh, the abbreviation is C, which was founded by Meriwether Adam Pleasure. 
at this point, so he's getting in with all the cool kids that are a part of this large adventures and explorers club. At this point, Sam decides he's going to go on a safari um, in the of the port of Harambe in East Africa, and he's going to assist with the Kilimanjaro safaris, which is the safari you would take if you are at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And because he's knowing all of these different explorers, cool people, apparently the recently formed New York Preservation Society sent Sam a photo of his grandfather, uh, Billamonga Wonga, and it was recovered from the Hotel Hightower, aka the hotel that was won by Trader Bill's close affiliate and also a C member, Harrison Hightower III, also the proprietor of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Thank you. I was like, I, what? You're like, uh, where is this going? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so the Tower of Terror. It's the Tower of Terror. So we now yeah. we have like almost all of the attractions uh, matched into this one restaurant. Do, uh, do you watch uh, Always Sunny, or do you know the meme that I'm about to reference? I don't. So there's this there's this picture uh, from Always Sunny with Charlie Day, uh, where he is drawing uh, lines on a. Uh, on, a, on a cork board between all these different pictures because he's uncovered a conspiracy of how this person's connected to this person and he looks extremely crazy. Oh, yes, I know. Um, yes. That's what this feels like. <laughs> and it's like, and then found it by the person who found it, the Tower of Terror. <laughs> well, I love that it's like, he just seems to know everyone. And I'm sure that he did have this crazed wall connecting all of the ropes to each other. And then he was like, I got to put it all together into one bar where I'm going to give people cocktails. The problem is he's from South America, but also he traveled to all these different places. And like, he's been alive for all of this time in order to meet everybody. But this seems to be his main storyline is right here. Okay. So he managed to establish himself uh, as the best well-known, most successful jungle head salesman uh, at this navigation company. But Sam did have a cousin named Chief Name, also uh, participated in the trading service. And a little bit about Name. So Chief Name is who runs the Trader Sam's Grotto down in Florida. Okay. He physically uh, looks very different um, and is a more realistic, serious version, I suppose. And his whole name either came... There's two different theories for where this name Name came from. Because it's like N-A-M-E-E or N-A-H-M-E. And mm-hmm. the idea was either that um, a Jungle Cruise skipper, uh, Red Chief name, like in quotes name, and he was supposed to say his name and just said mm-hmm. name. And everyone's like, oh, gotcha. that's so funny. Um, and because everyone thought that was funny, it stuck. Or the idea is that they ran a contest to see um, what this character's new name would should be, and someone just wrote name in the blank, and that one won. Sounds like the kind of thing that would win. Uh, it sounds like uh, Bodie McBoatface. What's Bodie McBoatface? Um, Bodie McBoatface is the name of a boat, uh, and it was named that boat because the organization that owns it, I think Natural Environmental Research Council, um, put up a poll on the internet uh, with a hashtag, name our boat, um, and it was like whichever one uh, won uh, is what they would name it, and so the internet was like, well, Boaty McBoatface, obviously, that's very funny, <laughs> and everyone was like, well, I guess this is the name of our boat now, um, and it sounds very similar. Whenever you let people decide 
uh, to troll you, um, they're going to. And I guess that's sort of what happened with Captain Nami. That's really funny. Um, so this character, um, just so you know, the Anaheim Trader Sam is the actual Trader Sam. The Imagineers have confirmed that. Um, but he works alongside with his cousin. And the Florida character has like a bowler hat and an umbrella and was created by Mark Davis. Hey, I know that name. Hey, so they kind of like took, I think, that character like, oh, we're going to put him here. And that's who this is now. Mark Davis, uh, in case you don't know that name, came up a lot in our Big Thunder Mountain Railroad episode as the person that had the idea behind uh, the land that ultimately ended up being the space where they did Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, and he did not get to do it. And he was not thrilled about he it. He was not stoked about it. That is correct. Sam's, so at this point, Sam's affiliation with the Jungle Cruise was met with some ridicule from his friend, from his friend Charlie Allnut, who was a World War I riverboat captain who had his own history with the Jungle Navigation Company and was, and had already offered his services to Sam. And Sam was like, nah, I'm good. So now in the 1930s, um, Sam is now had these all these repeated encounters with all of these different characters, including Indiana Jones and all of his contacts. Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff in in the bar that refers to Indiana Jones and all of Indy's adventures. It seems that out of all of Sam's acquaintances, Indiana Jones and him seem to be very close, and he helped him with lots of his adventures, so there's a lot going on there. Um but then we jump a little more forward, and by 1935, Sam is running an outpost of tropical imports, um, which were supplied by the Jungle Cruise. Oh, sorry, my bad. Jungle Navigation Company uh, and Indiana Jones himself. And so at this time, he starts working with the Island of the Enchanted Tiki Room. So with um, being so talented at shrinking heads and using all of these potions, he said, you know what would be more challenging? I'm going to go ahead and teach myself mixology. <laughs> and so he'd gotten really into bartending and he would get some ingredients from all over the world for Sam, for for his for this thing he called Sam's Gorilla Grog, which was the secret to all of his cocktails. He would just put a little dash of that um, and it, it appeared to have some kind of magical power. But this really disturbed the tiki gods. Why? Because he stole these ingredients, these precious, you know, mysterious and magical ingredients from from them. So every time that you order one of these drinks at the bar, that's why the room interacts with you is because you're disturbing the peace. So there's actually a little uh, display where you can see this Gorilla Grog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, what would be the special ingredient in your cocktail that is making gotcha. the room move. Okay, uh, Gorilla Grog, um, having looked it up, is passion fruit juice, orange juice, guava juice, pineapple juice, lemon juice, uh, orgate, orgate syrup, don't know how that's pronounced, <laughs> and falernum syrup, don't know how that's pronounced. Uh, so, if you want to disturb the tiki spirits in your own home, you there could, you go. Not you that hard. Do it. I, I think, I think it... Uh, Trader Sam's, uh, great at collecting a lot of things from all across the world. Um, this one, I think you can get most of those ingredients at like your local Walmart. I well, and all the drinks are different, so it's not an right, actual ingredient going in. But that's the story of it. Um, he goes on to meet 
a lot more uh, adventurers, including Walt himself. Him and Walt got real close. And at this point, he was able to travel to Casablanca, where he befriended Rick Blaine. And then he suddenly made his way all the way to Agrabah, where he was able to get the magic lamp. My goodness. I know. He traveled to Paradise Falls, where you know from Up. He also got to know Donald Duck. He got a Yeti mask, uh, which seems impossible based on this Yeti. And my favorite is that he has a toy of the orange bird. You know, this classic orange bird that we like hear about that's um, the face of Orlando for some reason. Like they just kind of like made this a mascot. I don't think I know that. I'm sorry. Oh, it's like an orange with a little face and it's a bird and it kind of was like why did this become a thing and then it became a cult thing and people were like i'm gonna buy all the merch okay cool and so he got that too he got that too nice um and so yes at this point he decided i'm so successful i'm gonna go ahead and open up grog grotto um it's gonna be in a little polynesian village and this is where we were able to open up our second bar. Uh, but he's going to have his assistant do it, a.k.a. his cousin. And, um, he, you know, he wanted to continue the tiki craze. So now we have that as well. Where he was able, at this location, though, he was able to meet a Mr. J. Thaddeus Toad. Is that Toad from Toad's Wild Ride? That's Toad from Toad's Wild nice. Ride. <laughs> okay. So I see what I, 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 I'm on to your bit. Yes. He's made friends with some of the greatest adventurers and explorers in the world. You know, clearly he seems to be a really lovable guy. And I would love to read his memoirs. You know, this there's so much to his story. And the Imagineers went into so much detail for um, for Trader Sam that I want to hear more about it. And technically, we could tell you more, but it felt like we needed to um, get to telling you about the drinks. Yeah, the thing that you'll most likely actually experience if you go here. The story you'll see, you'll see some of these artifacts, but the story is not a thing that I knew anything about, and I've been once or twice. Yeah, I would say walk around if you can look at stuff at Trader Sam's, uh, both locations, but they are small, and they're usually very packed, so it can be really hard to take in some of those little nuances depending on where you're sitting. So you can't necessarily check out everything, but depending on where you are, Look around and you'll definitely find some really fun artifacts. So I'll tell you about the cocktails that trigger the animatronics around the room. I cannot tell you. I haven't actually had any of these. So I cannot tell you how they taste. But we'll be excited to have people who can. Will, have you tried any of them? Um, I have. Uh, but I don't. I, I have, but I don't remember which one. And I think I remember it being fine. <laughs> uh, Sorry. They, I hear they're very delicious. Um, but so we have the shipwreck, which is where the ship in the bottle encounters a stormy sea and it begins to shrink and they'll go shipwreck and then they squirt water all over the room. There's a Krakatoa punch, which is a Polynesian scene outside of a fake window uh, there where a storm gathers as the volcano is about to erupt. Yeah, there's the shrunken zombie head. Which is so much more fitting now that I know the <laughs> well, story. Oh, okay. I was like, what is going on? I, <laughs> I, I haven't checked Twitter in a couple days. Is uh, Are there zombies now? <laughs> Whoo! Um, where, I think that one's pretty cool. Uh, when it's ordered, certain bar stools will begin lowering towards the floor as though zombies are going down into the grave, I suppose. Um, bartenders can also do this just for fun to mess with patrons, which I think is fun too. I love that. Um, the Aoa. 
is the there this is like the big one the bartenders are going to ring a bell and everyone starts going ah oh ah oh 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 and the cast member sprays the water or maybe this is the one they spray water so they don't spray water in shipwreck i lied um the cast members spray water around the room and then they also throw stuff um so it makes fire in your drink oh that's cool yeah um that's the that's like the big big one of of the uh, of both, but there is a Nautilus, which is only at the Grog's Grotto. Is that a is that a drink? Yes. Okay. And it comes in like okay. a huge boat. Oh, that's cool. I wouldn't. I don't, I, I don't even think they'll give it to you for one person. I think it's you at least have to have two people drink it. <laughs> um, I, I I feel like I did order one of these. I don't remember the effect going off. If I did, it, I might have ordered uh, a beer. It looks like if you order a beer, they will also do some stuff with like uh, drum sounds and things along those lines. Um, so maybe that's what I did. Uh, I, do they really do these for every time someone orders one of these drinks? Yup. It just seems like a lot. I feel like people will probably order drinks quite a bit. I I am really bothered because I've been to the the one in Florida once, and I remember them doing something. This guy would order a Bud Light, and this uh, the all of the uh, cast members would make this joke that was so funny. Like I I remember just like hysterically laughing, thinking this was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> well, if it comes back to you, uh, we will make sure to add it in. in lovely, lovely. Um, maybe I can tell you when I go to Disney World. I have no idea if it's open. Um, but yes, it's it's very cool. Um, they do interact with you the whole time. The bartenders stay in character and the servers stay in character. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is an experience in addition to the... Uh, uh, to the drinks and 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 look, I think when we went here, it was you know after a long day at Disney, and you know, it was like a way to like oh it'll be fun to like just go and kind of relax and decompress from all that, but also still uh, give yourself a little bit of the fun side of um uh, of of what Disney has to offer too. So uh, yeah, I think it's it's a nice way to end your day or a nice little way to get a, a little taste of it if you're around. So I agree. Uh, the totem poles uh, all like blink and make motions at you like i yeah it's a lot there's a lot going on you're never gonna get bored it it sounds like that is probably true uh i just i don't the times that we have been or the time that i went i don't really remember a lot of this stuff happening question for you did we sit outside yes Ooh. okay this is very important to note uh if you are visiting the one in anaheim there's, they extended it because it's obviously very popular, so there's a lot of outdoor seating now. If you sit outdoors, you're really just going to be there for the food and beverage as a dining experience. In order to get this full immersive um, entertainment experience, you have to sit inside. That makes more sense now. Um, and also, like I kind of like that because as fun and engaging as all of this seems... Uh, there's probably going to be some days where I'm like, I don't, I don't want every five minutes to be sprayed with water and hear the <laughs> servers going around going, uh, ooh, uh, oh, uh, or whatever Yeah, I, that makes sense. It really is. I mean, you can get really good food and drinks there. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you just want to eat, it is a really great spot too. Okay, cool. 
Speaking of uh, food and drink, um, that transitions nicely into everyone's favorite segment, Disney on Yelp. Woohoo! I need a better woohoo than that. Come on. Disney on Yelp. Yay! Now give me one that's like in the middle. Disney on Yelp. Yay! All right, I'm using all those. Uh, <laughs> this week's Disney on Yelp is going to be slightly edited as it is a little bit longer. Um, it also uh, is important to note that there's a whole lot of reviews for this because it's an actual restaurant and that's what people use Yelp for mostly. Um, that said, I found one that I think is a little interesting. This review comes from M-E-M-M-L uh, from Los Angeles, California. M has 140 Yelp friends and 12 reviews. M says, maybe I came on a bad day, but I never expected such sad looking waiters and bartenders in the happiest place on earth. I felt unwelcome and rushed in freaking Disneyland. My friend and I walked in and sat down around 3 p.m. and the bar was half empty. But even so, we were ignored for 10 minutes by both bartenders while the shirtless guy with big muscles who just walked in was served right away. We also had to wave down a male waiter who said he would come back to take our food order, but he never did. So sad, frowny face. Were my muscles not big enough? Do I look poor and therefore like a bad tipper? I guarantee that although my muscles are small and I don't have much money, I don't look too bad shirtless and always give good tips if you provide decent service. Dot, 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 dot. Overall, good drinks, but they would have tasted better if the bartender hadn't slammed our bill on the table right after serving them. Definitely try this place at least once, though. After a couple of cocktails, the happiest place on earth will seem even happier. Thanks for reading, <laughs> winky emoji. Uh, three stars. Three stars. Wow. Thank you, Em, for uh, giving us a review uh, of Trader Sam's. I, I love that review, and I will say I haven't always had great service. I've had, like, amazing service or very only okay. A majority of the... Yelp reviews focused on there being not great service. Um, now, granted, to be fair, I sort from lowest to highest, and I look for a three-star. So if there were complaints, it does seem like they tend to be around the service. It doesn't mean that that's always going to be the experience. Um, but just that, that seems to be the one thing that people try to knock it for. I can see that. Um, well, and I, I think that's why the one time that I was able to go to the one in Florida, I had like the best time because the service was so good. Like above and beyond great. Sure. Um, sure. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And because I wasn't around uh, post-prohibition slash during the height of the tiki bar craze, this is even more interesting to me to experience. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't pick up on the post-prohibition era stuff when I go here, but I think now that I know that, that's a pretty cool. I didn't I didn't realize that that's how cocktails came around. So, yeah, me neither. Um, a fun, fun little thing to think about next time I'm ordering. I will say, typically, typically I'm not a cocktail guy, so, you know. But maybe now, um, out of respect for those people that had to drink uh, bad liquor back in the 1920s, I'll, I'll order one every so often. Oh my God, that's so kind of you. I'm a nice guy, what can I say? <laughs> Well, back to Trader Sam's collection. Usually at this point, we would go to Hidden Mickey's, but it feels a little silly to do Hidden Anything because this entire place is just kind of an establishment of Easter eggs. So um, I hope that you guys can look when you go, take the time to look through them. They're pretty, it's not gonna be like, ooh, what is this from? You'll know the characters if you know the characters like you'll see all the indiana jones stuff and such um so why don't we each pick one of our favorites 
Sure. Specifically from Trader Sam's? Or if there's one from Trader Sam's Grotto that you like. Okay. I'm going to go with one of my faves because I love when they uh, are acknowledging the Imagineers. In the Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar is going to be a large mask on the wall labeled Joe. And that is supposed to resemble Joe Rody. I like that. Uh, Joe Rody deserves a spot at the Tiki Bar for sure. Um, first contributions uh, across a lot of the parks. Yeah. Um, mine is a little different. We talked about a lot about his interactions uh, with Indiana Jones. And mine is going to be that there's a photograph of Sam in the Lost River Delta of Tokyo Disney Sea standing in front of the Temple of the Crystal Skull from Indiana Jones Adventure, Temple of the Crystal Skull. And the reason that that one is a favorite of mine is because everyone hated that movie. <laughs> and so I think it's fun to be like, well, yeah, but he's still he was there, too. Yeah, everyone hated it. Well, here's this guy people seem to be real fond of. So <laughs> Yeah. See if we can make you like it more. Look at look who's there now. Oh, that's fun. I actually I don't even remember seeing that, so I want to look for I that. I didn't see it, but everyone hated it. <laughs> uh there is so much to look for, and instead of just reading off a list to you, it'll be more fun um for you to be able to go in person and check these things out. So I highly recommend it. And now you'll know the story of where they came from. <laughs> exactly. The story is basically just, uh, was there a place in Disney history? Uh, Trader Sam was there. Um, so, uh, can't quite do exactly the same questions that we typically do here, but we can do a few. Um, is Trader Sam's in every trip you go uh, kind of stop? No, but it is very frequent because a lot of times the parks are closing. My friends and I still want to hang out before I drive home. A lot of times everyone's hungry, you know, wants that pick-me-up snack. So it's a very, very frequent one to just stop by um, after the parks have closed. It's also, you know, admittedly a good place to, if the parks are closing, let traffic uh, move on out a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, save yourself for sure. a headache of having to sit in a car. So. Yeah, I, I get that. It's to, I can only think of a handful of times I've been there, but um, it definitely would be a good go-to of like, if I'm not trying to beat the traffic on the earlier side, maybe on the tail end, I'll, I'll, I'll do it that way. Um, all right, and 10-minute wait doesn't really apply here, so let's just jump to, is there anything that you would I change? actually would say no, Will. 10-minute wait does apply here, because there is usually a longer than 10-minute wait here. <laughs> Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Because uh, the only times we've been have been pretty late, I think, and so just kind of walked in and grabbed a spot. No, majority of the time, there's a huge wait, especially if you want to sit inside. I would say, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Wow, okay. Yeah, so usually there is a really long wait. So if it's only 10 minutes to sit inside and get one of, like, the chairs that moves or something, oh, my God, yes, I'm going to wait. Okay, that makes sense. All right. What um, about you? Yeah. If I make the decision to go there, I'm making the decision to go there. It's not about the wait as much. It's more of what is the amount of wait time that's going to make me say, never mind, I'm going to leave instead. Ah. And if I had to wait like 30 minutes, then I might be like, ah, it's too too long. I'll, I'll, I'll come back another time. So um, I expect there to be less of a wait. Um, and I clearly would be wrong. And that's okay. <laughs> Uh, but it does seem like, you know, if it's a 10 minute wait to get inside versus a no minute wait to wait outside, I, I would wait the 10 minute to see the kind of stuff move around. That seems cool. Okay. We'll go when there's a 10 minute wait then. Cool. Works for me. <laughs> um, and in that case, uh, is there anything that you would change? So it's clear to me like the, the idea of Trader Sam, you know, has some like kind of a, a problematic history 
And, you know, in Jungle Cruise, they're redoing it to make it, you know, to update some of the story, right? So wonder if they're going to have to update Trader Sam's. I think that would probably be a good choice. Um, he could. I can still see this kind of like magical traveler who got to work with all these really cool adventurers and explorers, um, but maybe we lose some of the other parts. Yeah, I think that that would probably be smart um, and good. They are re-theming uh, Splash Mountain to be Princess and the Frog themed, which I think is very cool. And so clearly they are taking some of these older uh, properties into account and 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 considering how they can update them for a more modern uh, view on things. And hopefully they will kind of do that. I, I would not be surprised if they did something like that um, as well for something like Trader Sam's. I think it'll still have a lot of the fun sites uh, and just maybe uh, less of the uh, unfun sites. Yeah, I think when you look into it, you know, you're like, oh, because the fun effects, you know, having order something and the, the room's going to interact with you. That's super cool. I mean, you yeah. can't deny that. Uh, no. But the other part of it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we like that part. I also am nervous with the princess and the frog. Does this mean I'm going to ride it all the time? Am I going to have to get <laughs> wet every time I go to Disney now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, we will we will let you know once that happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you do want to get wet every time you go to Disney, make sure you go and you order the Aoa uh, when you go to Trader Sam's. And um, if you do order one of those drinks, um, take a picture of it and send it to us. Uh, tag Slice of Disney in your picture where you're doing it and you're seeing the different uh, things happen. That'd be great. Um, and you can tag us on Facebook or Instagram at Slice of Disney or on Twitter at Slice underscore of underscore Disney. Uh, you can email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. And you can check out our website, sliceofdisney.com, where you can also check out our Patreon. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff on there. Um, so so check it out. And uh, I think that's where a hub for all of our different things are, too. So if that's the one thing you remember, that is perfect. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can do that uh, wherever you consume podcasts. You can also smash that subscribe button on YouTube. We have different types of content on there. It's not just repurposing the podcast. It is uh, extra videos that we're recording. So feel free to check those out, giving quick thoughts on some of our episodes um, and and some Disney news updates. So that's fun. That We're having a lot of fun with that, too. Yay! So make sure to check all of that wonderful stuff out. And we'll see you next week. Okay, bye! <laughs>